I'm just glad that you're here. Uh, Pastor Jim Wiegand, it's my privilege today to come to you and just say, I'm glad that today we get into the Word of God together. I'm glad to say that today we as multiple campuses and, you know, in Linden and Mississippi and Grand Blanc and Fenton, we all get to come together today. I love that, that the church, the ecclesia, it's a gathering place. It's where people who are once there all decide to kind of come here because we've heard a call. We, 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 we've been beckoned. We've been, we've been, you know, someone said, come here. And we said, we're, we're coming. And we come together today to learn again about prayer. Now, Pastor Josh, a couple of weeks ago, started us off by giving us a really a great overview. Like, this is prayer. That's what it is. It's what it's not. How do we hear from God? Uh, last week came back and we talked about just, you know, that approach. How do we approach God. And today we're going to come back and kind of finish up this three week thought on prayer. And just before we do, I want to remind you that three weeks from today, if you're watching this on Sunday is Easter and we've got a great weekend of great things going on. So check it out at Freedom Center. Dot church and um, we've got things for the kids we've got a seder dinner we've got a worship night we've got sunrise service and we've got the 9 and 11 services and they're awesome so please 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 come and be a part of that but today we're gonna get back in the word today matthew chapter 6 verse 9 matthew 6 verse 9 and 10 the disciples have come to jesus and they said okay lord when we pray we're reciting the things we've been taught to say. We, we're, we're sharing our thoughts, our hearts, but it, man, it doesn't feel like we are changed and it doesn't feel like we are changing anything when we pray. But when you pray, like heavens open or close, you know, blind eyes open, dead people walk, leprosies, you know, purified, demons come out. There's a distinct difference between what happens when you pray and when we pray. So do us the solid, would you? Could you teach us how? To pray, and this is Jesus. This is what he says now in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, last week we were talking about what this means. Our Father in heaven, wow. Right? We had that time. If you didn't watch last week's message, come back to last week's message. You didn't listen to it, didn't see it, go back to it. But this this thought that we begin with worship, we begin with recognizing this paternal, beautiful, relational, heavenly father who's on our side, who loves us like his children. All of life is a, is a father-son project. All of life is a daddy-daughter dance. All of life is us and him, him and us. And and it starts with this thought of just, wow, hallowed be your name. And I know that's, that's verbiage we don't use, you know, like, wow, I really like my Jeep. Hallowed be my Jeep. You know, we don't say that. So what do we say? We say, it's a great Jeep. Or we say, wow, what, what great tires you have or whatever. But when we come to God, it's the beginning place is we are in relationship with you. You are in relationship with us. We're allowed to approach you as a child approaches their father. And just, wow. Now, he goes on from that. Uh, but understand this, this, this thought, this wow, the, the greatest thing to expect in prayer the greatest thing, last week's still review, but the greatest thing for us to expect in prayer is this vital, re- relational connection with God. Like, I feel you. I know you. You know me. We're, we're here together right now. and here together on a subway car, here together in an open field, here together in, in cold weather in Michigan, here together on the beach in Galveston, here together. We're here. You're here. I'm here together. This is the priority. Remember last week, he's not a slot machine. 
right? Where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my prayer, you know, pull the wheel, and I don't expect to win every time, but occasionally when I win, I tell all my friends, hey, jackpot, God answered my prayer. Like, that's, that's mechanical, it's not relational, and most of all, it's not biblical, right? It, we also talked about last week being like a, like a vending machine, right? I don't, I don't pull the wheel and take my chances. I put something in, I turn the knob, I expect something to come out. And if something doesn't come out, I think that either the machine is broken or the vendor has stolen from me. And a lot of times our faith gets caught here. We think faith is solely what we use to get what we want from God. But sometimes faith is what we use when we don't get what we want from God. We've misunderstood faith to some degree. I put in my quarter. I said my prayer. I turned the knob and boom, I want a gumball. Jesus doesn't work that way. It's mechanical. It's not relational. So we talked about a jukebox. I put in my coin. I press the buttons. I want a certain emotion. I want a certain thing to happen. I want a certain vibe in my room when I pray. And we don't get that. It's like, God just isn't working for me. He, I came to this place of prayer. I expected warm fuzzies. I expected power. I expected whatever you expected. God's not a jukebox. He's not a vending machine. He's not a one-armed bandit. So um, relationally loving God is everything. And I mean that. Relation loving God is not just the priority of prayer. It's the priority of life. Relationally loving God. So Jesus starts here and says, listen, prayer is not coming to God and, and putting in your quarter. But coming to God as Father, sitting still and just going, wow, you are so amazing. You are so huge. You're so kind. You're so loving. You're so you. And if I get nothing else out of this time together, I got you out of this. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, talks about loving God as a priority. It it talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? And and then Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 38, he's asked, like, what's the greatest commandment? There's hundreds and hundreds of laws about burlap and mildew and goats and sheep and sacrifices and holidays and holidays and feastings and fastings and of all the law, Jesus, what's most important? Go stop. This is the most important. Everything hinges on this. Loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? It's first, he says. It's, it's the first and the greatest commandment. It has priority over every other thing that you could be commanded. It is the number one thing on every to-do list you're ever going to have. Love, 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 love God with everything you have. It's the first and it's the greatest. It's, it's just not priority. It's also preeminent. Like this is the most important thing. If you get nothing else done today on your to-do list and you got this done, you got the right thing done, right? Mary and Martha. Do I, do I work? Do I work? Do I work? Do I love? Do I listen? Do I, they're, they're both important, but understand this. They're not exclusive, you can do the dishes when it's time, but man, it's time to love Jesus first. Mary and Martha, you understand what I'm saying? So this is before anything else, and this is above everything else. The first and the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, right? So let me, let me recap. The, the foundation of prayer is not getting some things from someone. The foundation of prayer is not getting some things from someone. The foundation of prayer is getting the one who just so happens to have all good things. James 1.17, right? Every good, every perfect gift. 
uh, comes down from the Father of Heavenly Lights. In him, there's no shadow of turning. He's at his zenith right now. He's not weakened by the current day. He's not exhausted from the apostolic age. Like, like he is literally, there's no shadow. And what that means, remember the common timepiece of the day would be a timer, a sand timer. But the, but the public one was the, was the sundial, right? So as the, that sun moves, the shadow moves, and it tells you what time it is. It's, it's a gross time machine, but it's, it gave the Roman culture something to kind of recognize what time it was. <clears throat> so... Remember this, there's this moment every day where that sun is directly over that sundial. There is no shadow. It's at its zenith. It's at its absolute peak. So James says that God is the giver of every good and perfect thing. So remember, love the Lord who happens to have things. We don't love the things and we use God to get the things. We, we love the Lord, but these things will come. And God is inexhaustibly rich, inexhaustibly powerful, inexhaustibly kind. There is no shadow of turning in him, right? So the foundation of prayer is getting the one who just so happens to have all things. But, everybody say but. Come on. Everybody say but. There you go. It it is right, but it's right to expect the things that are promised from the one who promised them. So today we're shifting a little bit. Last week's like, don't go after the things, go after him. But understand him has things. And him, he, loves to give these things. And how does he do it? He does it through prayer. John chapter 15, verse 5. We get the thought in John chapter 15 of, of again, Jesus saying, I'm, I'm the, the vine and you're the branch. So I'm, I'm the, I carry the, the life, the sap, the nourishment tapped into me. You can go and produce fruit. I need you. You need me, right? But, but there's this, this thought of together we produce fruit. So let me show you something. Back in Deuteronomy 6.5, follow me. I know I'm teaching today, which is usually there's three points in a, a poem about a puppy. But today I, I want to teach you some theology. So come on, elbow your neighbor and say, wake up. It's time to learn some theology. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. Back to that. Remember, love the Lord your God with like heart, soul, mind, and what? Strength. That's right. So strength. The word strength there is an interesting word. It's the word ma'od. M dash O-D. <clears throat> Ma'od. Forgive me, I came back from uh, vacation with a little bit of a cold here. And Ma'od is an interesting word. It's translated strength, but if you saw what it was, you go, why is that? Why would you translate that as all of your strength? Loving God with all of your Ma'od. It's, it's, an, it's an adverb. So it, it's, it, uh, it means very or muchly or, you know, modified in the realm of multiplicationally. I think I made up that word. Um, so, so let me give an example of this, just so we understand. Love the Lord your God with all your ma'od, with all your very. Doesn't make sense. But hear me, Genesis chapter 1, we get the, the creation narrative. Here's the story. The end of day one, God looks at what he's made, and God looked, and he saw, and he said, it is, here we know, good. Second day, right? It is Good. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, it is good. But on the sixth day, he doesn't say good. The word good there is the Hebrew word tav or tov. You might, from your uh, filler on the roof fan, they greet each other by saying matzal tav. It's, it's like, like good day, good fortune, the word good, tav, right? So, but on the, on the sixth day, when he's done creating, you're ready for the Sabbath now, he doesn't say it's good. He says something else. There's an adverb. You know what it is? He doesn't say it's good. He says it's very good. It's ma'od tav. Remember, the word ma'od is the word strength. You still follow me? So here it is. Very good. Ma'od tav. So how do we get strength? All of the Lord God with all your strength. It's because something has happened at the end of the six days that hadn't happened in the first five. There's a ma'od that's added to the tav. There's a very 
the sad to the good, and why is it there? Think of it this way, that, that now everything is prepared, and, hear me, everything is blessed for multiplication. Stop and think. It's good, it's good, it's good. It's good, it's good. It's very good. Why? Because now everything has the ability, the innate power, the God-blessed ability to reproduce. An apple is a really good thing. It's tough. But an apple with seeds that can now produce an unlimited number of apples is ma'od tav. It's very good. It's strong good. It's, it's ability to be more than what it is, to recreate what it is, to multiply over and over and over again. It's very good. Adam is good, but Adam and Eve is very good. Why? Because of the ma'od. It has the strength to reproduce. It has the strength to, to absorb, to receive a blessing that becomes so much more than what it was. Adam, good. Eve, very good. Adam and Eve together, ma'od tav. Are you following this? So what's my point? Here's my point. Loving God, loving God, loving God is the beginning of the fruitful multiplication that our hearts long for. Not because we're greedy or selfish, but because we were created and we were blessed to multiply. This is, this is, we're still talking about prayer. I know it doesn't feel like it, but we are. And we bring this up because I want you to know this. We don't love God to multiply things. But we don't love him for the purpose of now multiply. I'm loving you. I put my quarter in. That's now what I'm talking about. But we do multiply when we love God. When we love God with all of our ma'od, with all of our strength, what we're saying is that here are my dreams. Here are my passions. Here's my pain. Here's the proficiencies with which you've gifted me. Here's the purpose of my life. So I'm going to give you me. So one is going to be multiplied by the infinite that you are. So my tav is now a ma'od tav. My strength, my very, my muchly does not come from me. It comes from him. I hope you're getting this. You're getting the same in. So the proper expectation of loving God is growth. The proper expectation of loving God is blessing. The proper expectation of loving God is this, is this sense of ma'od, this very, this muchly, the proper expectation of loving God in prayer, of loving God in worship, of loving God in life, of, of the, the vine and the branch being connected is, is fruitfulness together. This is what happens. So our Father in heaven, this, this teaching and prayer, right? It, it pivots at this point. Now, now get this. Jesus teaches to pray. Okay, here we go. Our Father in heaven... Wow. Here comes the pivot. You ready? Verse 10. Your kingdom come. Come on, say it with me. Your kingdom and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you see that? By starting with love, by starting with taking my tav, taking my good, and multiplying it by his ma'od, giving him my ma'od, my strength. God, here I am to be used by you. It's awesome. Here I'm in prayer, I give you me. I give you my dreams. I give you my life. I give you everything that you've given me. I now give back to you. It's not just me. I'm not just an apple. I'm an apple with seeds. I'm not just Adam. I'm Adam and Eve, and we have dreams and mandates to fill the earth and subdue it. This is the fruit, guys, that Jesus is talking about. Now, now think about it this way. In the Old Testament, as we talk about the presence of God, in the Old Testament, there was one temple. There was one high priest who got to walk into one room, the Holy of Holies, and for one single quick ceremony, blood was sprinkled 
on the, the lid of atonement or the Ark of the Covenant and Moses' staff and pieces of manna. Just God said, my presence will be there. Between you, you see in the Raiders of the Lost Ark where the, the cherubs are, are carved and their wings are over their face. Well, that's in there because God said, my presence will be there. So that room was 20 cubits by 20 cubits or roughly 30 feet by 30 feet. 900 square feet. <laughs> the, the tangible presence of God in the Old Testament was only to be found in 900 square feet. Now, if you're at the Lending Campus, look around. This room is, oh, I'd say 40 by, so it'd be about half this room, 30 feet by, you know, or maybe 25 feet by the width of this room. So from the back wall to the second row, Pastor Jason, raise your hand right there, right behind Pastor Jason, all the way across. That's, that's the size, that's the square footage. 900 square feet is the Holy of Holies. Now, think of it this way. Um, there's 5.5 quadrillion square feet on the face of the planet. 25,000 miles, 25,000 miles, all the, the oceans, all the islands, all the mountains. There's 5.5 quadrillion square feet. And God's presence was reserved to 900 square feet in one place. And why do I say this? It's because then Jesus comes. He lives this perfect, sinless life. He dies this perfect, atoning death. God the Father raises God the Son from the dead and he defeats death hell and the grave. Come on, somebody, say amen. And in this, in this thing, understand, as Jesus says, it's finished, that veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, that 900 square feet, but there's another chamber, another chamber, a temple court in the outer courts, and then the whole Gentile and Jewish world. When that veil that separated them, several thousand pound tapestry, it says it was torn in half from top to bottom when the earth shook. Jesus said it's finished. The sky went dark. The earth shakes and the temple veil is torn. What happened? It's like God the Father says, the spirit of God is no longer relegated to a back room in a temple. He is released to any place where he is now welcome. Ma'od tav. <laughs> that's good. No, no. That's a very, very Good. So this, this 900 square feet now is the 5.5 quadrillion square feet where the Holy Spirit, the tangible presence of God, can be met. Now look at it this way. In the New Testament, Old Testament, 900 square feet, high priest, one day, one ceremony. New Testament, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. You are, we are. All who believe in Christ, we are the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Well, I just spent some time last week in... Um, in Houston for a conference, we're a part of the Assemblies of God Fellowship, and uh, we had this this time to hear what's happening in the church planting world. I'm the church planter for the Church Multiplication Network. I'm the church planting director for uh, the Michigan Network, so most of Michigan is in that network. And so I got to hear some things. This is what I heard last week. In the Assemblies of God, in the United States alone, there are 69 million adherents. In other words, there's 69 people that when they drive by an AG church, they point their finger and they say, that's for my family and I go to church. 69 million temples of the Holy Spirit. Not one 900 square foot place. 69 million people free to move about the planet with their tav. God waiting to add his ma'od. Think of it this way. Um, I know this because, again, I heard this last week, but every 86 minutes in the United States, a new Assemblies of God church is being planted. And the Baptists are doing it, and the Methodists are doing it, and the non-denoms are doing it, and inter-denoms are doing it. But just in the Assemblies alone, every 86 minutes, 
a new Assemblies of God church is being planted. So in other words, since the time you got up this morning to the time you got here, another Assemblies of God church was planted. By the time you get back home after lunch, another Assemblies of God church will be planted. By the time you wake up from your afternoon nap, two, uh, two churches will be planted. I take long naps. Uh, two churches will be planted. By the time you go to bed tonight, another church will be planted throughout the day, every hour and a half, hour and a half, hour and a half, hour and a half, a new church, new church, new church around the world. Um, just in Michigan, because I'm, again, the church planning director for the, for the network here, I know of 30 New AG churches that have been planted in the last three years. Did you know that, that one out of every 10 churches in the entire Michigan network now is less than three years old? All new church plants. Amazing. Reaching people for Jesus. In 2022, in the United States alone, there are over 14,000 Assemblies of God churches like the one that you're, you're sitting in right now unless you're listening on the radio. Now, now think of this. There are less McDonald's and there are AG churches in the United States. There are more Assemblies of God churches than there are McDonald's in the United States. It's, it's shocking. In 2022, worldwide, <clears throat> there were 367,398 AG churches on the planet. Let me say that again. Uh, a third of a million congregations, churches, buildings, pastors, people, places. And what are those? It's, it's the gathering. Again, it's, it's, it's God answering prayer. It's us coming to him saying, I want to know you. I want to be with you. And God gathering people together in groups. Um, the, the, the ecclesia, the church, the gathering place, right? The church has exploded, guys. And the, you may not hear this because everything on, on the news is bad, right? So churches are in decline. Christianity's in decline. There'll be no Christians in three weeks. If, if It's not true at all. Please hear me. It's not true at all. I, I, I don't know how to explain this any other way except those who, you know, like figures lie and liars figure. <laughs> These are direct reporting stats from the major denominations of Protestantism, Evangelicalism, Fundamentalism, Pentecostalism, and it simply says this. That in 1910, <clears throat> there were only an estimated 600 million Christians worldwide. 1910, 600 million. In 2010, that assessed number grew from 600 million to 2.2 billion people calling on the name of the Lord. It, it quadrupled in 110 years. How? Well, that's worse population. No, it's an explosive end days movement of people coming to know Jesus. You know, the fastest growing religion in the world today, the, the fastest growing sect of a religion, it's the one you're in right now. Charismatic, full gospel, Pentecostalism is the fastest growing religious sect of any other religion, of any cult, of Islam, of Judaism, of, of any other expression of loving any other God. The one that we're a part of right now is the fastest moving, fastest growing movement on the planet. Did you know that? In just the last 10 years, hear this, this is great. A known 10.2 million Muslims have converted to loving Jesus as Savior. Over a million a year that we're aware of. These are known, uh, traceable people that have abandoned Islam and are now following Jesus as their Messiah. Let's talk about the Bible for a second. Well, you know, Christianity is in decline. Really? Did you know that, that Bible sales bring in an estimated $425 million a year and, and over 100 million copies are printed plus all the other digital online stuff that's on your phone right now? I, I really know very few people that actually have a, a paper Bible, but still, you know, almost half a billion dollars is being spent on Bibles every year. As an author, I'm telling you, that's a lot of books. That's an incredible amount of books. And, and on top of that, all the electronic digital media that's available. 
Think of it this way, guys. On the day of Pentecost, the ratio of Christians to non-Christians, believers versus non-believers, one out of every 833,000 people on the day of Pentecost were Jesus followers. About 100 million people. Divide that by the number of known believers. And what you end up with is one out of every 833,000. Today, 2,020-some years later, it's now almost one out of three. Not 833,000. One out of three people on the face of the planet today identifies. Now, we can talk about, are they really Christians? Can you really be a Christian here? But, but just, and I know these, again, liars, uh, figures lie and liars figure. I, am I exaggerating? No, these are right out. You can just go straight to the Internet, get the same thing I did. How they're defining Christians, we may not define as Christians. But I want you to see this. There's a huge swing, a huge shift globally. Revival is taking place all over the world. There are some places where the church is in decline. But it's not of the Assemblies of God in the United States, I promise you. Uh, Europe, we've seen a great decline. So what's, what is increasing in Europe? It's full gospel Pentecostal, charismatic churches are on the rise in Australia, in Europe, in Asia, places where it's illegal to be a believer. In China alone today, there's an estimated 100 million Pentecostal believers in a country where it's illegal to tell somebody about Jesus. Yet one out of every 11 people is a Pentecostal believer in China. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I know you say, Jim, when are you going to get to us? I thought you were going to teach us how to pray. And I, I want you to know that I am. Those weren't just statistics to encourage our hearts, although they, I hope they are encouraging to you. But if the question is, how do, how do I get what I want from God? Here is my wonderful answer. You ready? Here it is. Ask God for what he wants. How do I get what I want? Ask him for what he wants. <laughs> That's how you get what you want. Those who delight themselves in the Lord, he he grants the desires of your heart. Those of us who know him as father, approach him as sons and daughters. And our number one goal is not to get what we want. It's it's to be with him and to see what he wants. Remember remember the prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on, come on, as it is in yours, not mine. So please hear me. Maybe I'm doing this too much. Maybe I'm being overcautious. I just have heard so often people teach people how to pray, and the reason is not to glorify God, it's to get what they want. I, I would say that borders on Christian witchcraft, and there's no such thing as Christian witchcraft, but it's manipulating the spiritual realm to get what you want. It's idolatry. It's, it's, it's an incorrect understanding of prayer. But when we come to God and say, our Father in heaven, wow, what I really want more than anything else is what you want. I want what you have in heaven here for the people that you love on earth. I want what happens automatically without question in heaven. I want that to be done the same way here on earth. Matthew chapter 6 gives us some insights into getting what we need. And I I do want to share that with you because Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 says, Don't worry, saying what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear. Come on guys, pagans. People who manipulate the spiritual realm for their own gain, they run after this kind of stuff. That's, that's not what we're called to. We have a relational God. We have a heavenly Father, right? And your Father knows that you need all these things. But, but this, verse 33, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And guess what? All these things, all these things will be given to you as well. He's the multiplier. He's the ma'od to your tav. He's the very to your good. He's the multiplier. What Eve was to Adam, God is for you. He's the multiplier. He's the completer. 
He's the comforter. He's the teacher. He's the father. He's, he's everything you need him to be and never even knew a lot of the things that you needed. Jesus says in Luke 18, verse 27, nothing's impossible with God. Like that's what, that's the door that opens when we be, when we open it properly and we approach God the right way. John 14, 14, Jesus says, you can ask me for anything. You can ask me, Jesus says, for anything. And, and I hope that you hear that. Remember the, the vine, Jesus in John 15, I, I am the, the vine and you are the branches. The vine is good, right? It's tav, using a Hebrew word. The, the branches, they're good. They're tav. But the vine and the branches is ma'od tav. It's very good. Why? Because there's a multiplying effect when we're that connected to God. So what's the devil trying to do right now? He's trying to get you disconnected from God. He's trying to get you connected to things that make you angry, make you greedy, make you lustful make you absent-minded, make you divided, make you frustrated, make you overwhelmed, make you fatigued with life, with people. Why is he doing that? Well, because we'll reach for another God called anger. We'll reach for another God, an idol called greed. We'll, We'll reach for another God when we feel a sense of God's not meeting my needs. But I want you to know this. He is the vine, and you are the branch off of that vine. And, and he can produce no fruit without you, and you can produce, produce no fruit without him. But together, ma'od tav. Very good. Multiplying. Multiplying. Ask him for anything. Nothing's impossible. This is what helped put the door that opens, right? The vine and the branch. God and people together. Ma'od tav. So I guess I just want to end today with this. What will you do with your tav? So, so God created you, and as he spoke over Adam, he now speaks over you. It's good. You're good. You're good. What will you do with your good? What's the best thing you could do with your your passions, your dreams, your pain, your past? What's the best thing you can do with the abilities that God has given you? I'll tell you what it is. Here it is. You ready? It's to give yourself to God. It's literally to take who you are and then graft to him and hold on tight. But then here comes the anger. Oh, I was watching the news. Nope, hold on to him. Turn the news off. Can I just, like, please hear me? Don't be mad at me for saying that. But if you're wrestling with anxiety and depression and you spend more time on social media and the word, if you spend more time watching the news and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and, and bad news than you do in the good news, then your mental health is a self-imposed condition. That, God, I want to. I want to immerse my. I want to. I want to take my vine, and I want to go into a different branch that has poisonous snap, sap. But I, I still want fruit. Well, you'll have fruit, but it won't be the fruit of God. It'll be the fruit of that world that you connected yourself to. And maybe that. Maybe that felt unloving or unkind. I don't mean it to be, but I. I hope it pushes you enough to make you think about if I'm wrestling with frustration and depression and anxiety and fears, I'm overwhelmed. You know, Josh said it uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Josh. Right? I'm overwhelmed with everything because I pray about nothing or. I'm overwhelmed with nothing because I pray about everything. I don't make a move without that sense of connection. Anything that tries to separate me from that, no, no, I repent of that. And I come right back to it again. What will you do with your tav? That potential, that strength, it's translated. What will you do with your ma'od? What will you do with what God has given you? And my prayer for you as we close today is this. He'll give everything you are to him. Why? Because that's when tav... And Ma'od, Ma'od and Tav come together and things begin to multiply. So, Father, I pray 
the blessing of multiplication upon those who would hear today. I pray that it wouldn't just be this lucky streak or the, you know, like you'd expect out of a slot machine or this, this two, you know, Twinkies fell when I put in one quarter in the vending machine. That it wouldn't be, oh, I got, the song was better than I remembered. It's not a jukebox. You're not a vending machine. You're not a slot machine. What are you? You're a father in heaven. Wow. Now do everything that's in your heart and do it through me. And in doing so, when we say those prayers the proper way, when our hearts align, what I want to happen on earth, God, is not what I want. It's what you want. I don't want my, I'm not asking you to do my will. You're not my genie in a bottle. You're my heavenly father and you have a will and I want it to be done. That I could play any role, a small role, God, in the huge things you're doing on the planet. Let me do it today. We see a revival happening. Why? Because our Tav was blessed with your Ma'od. Your very has reached our good. And it's spreading like fire around the planet, God. So let it spread like fire through us. And we pray that you'd have your way now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.